Welcome everyone to the Begin Anywhere podcast. This is your host, Hey Autumn. And today we have Jeff Simons with us. He is a film writer and director in the area. Say hello to everyone. Hello to everyone. <laughs> so we're going to deep dive into things that he has going on, how he got started, and just try to pick his brain and how he feels about COVID, how he feels about movies and stuff coming out, and this thing, this, that, and the third. I don't know. Um, so, sir, tell us a little bit about yourself. Something, uh, start with a fun fact. Fun fact. Well... A lot of people, when they see my name, <laughs> they get very confused. And uh, when I was growing up, they would say like Gregory Simmons this or Joffrey, Joffrey Simmons. No, yeah, they would add the R. That's what they they like to do that for some reason because the G and the E and the O just the O is what really fucks everybody up. Right. It, it for some reason just throws a monkey wrench into their brain and they suddenly can't see like, oh, it's just Jeff. It's just spelled that way. Uh, Where'd the name come from? The the origin of the spelling is, I think it's British. It's some sort of European. I want to say it, it's British. Uh, and for a long time, when I was a kid, I kept thinking to myself, when I'm older, I'm going to change my name to Jay, Jeff, that way nobody will get it wrong ever again. And eventually I, I came to, I came to, you know, take pride in my name and just be like, yeah, I'm the superior Jeff. All other Jeffs are below me. If you, they don't have a G and an E and an O in that bitch, they, they're not better than me. Definitely the first time I've seen the spelling and, um, I don't know if I tried to say it the first time. I think I tried to listen around to see if someone else can say it because I have uh, one of those names, like Birdie is my real name. And I would get Bernadette. I would get Bernice. I would get Bernice. I'm like, where's the V coming from? Right. I'm like, this is like elementary school giving me a certificate with my name wrong. But I'm like, how? I'm not in your system with the wrong name. So why? The yearbook has my name right, but the certificate of honors says like Bernice Monk, and I'm just like, this is crazy. But that, <laughs> you know, so I definitely understand. Yeah, so my name and people getting my name like wrong is a pet peeve of mine, and I will often correct somebody like right away if they don't get my name right in any shape. Why is it a pet peeve if people are not like used to seeing it or? I don't know. It, it's just something where somebody will say, uh, Mr. Simmons, it's Simons. It's Simons. Or they'll say my name, Joffrey, it's Jeff. Are you named after someone? No. So they just like picked it out of a balloon? Well, originally my mom wanted me to be junior and my dad didn't want that. He wanted me to stand on my own two feet outside. Have your of own identity, life. yeah. Exactly. And you know, I appreciate him for that. And for a while I was, hang on, let me just collect my thoughts here. 
Yeah. A while back, not a while back, just a few years ago, I was dating somebody who, for some reason, I still don't remember why. I have a terrible memory. That's a fun fact. Uh, An ex of mine suggested that I should have a stage name. Okay. And I'm guessing this is a long time ago. A few years ago. They suggested that I have a stage name. And again, I don't remember why, but I think it had something to do with like an ego kind of thing or something like that. Just then so you can have a private life, et cetera, et cetera. And it was just like, um, I have a pretty private life. (laughs) My internet presence is you could kind of parse through it and kind of get an idea of what's going on in my life, but I don't use any of my social media accounts as a diary. For the most part, I shit post. I spend a lot of time doing that just to, just cause, because my process for creating things tends to be uh, fairly long and that's because life gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, after me and this ex broke up, I decided, yeah, no, fuck that. My name what is was God. the potential stage name, though? Uh, what, did, what did we... Like, I'm so excited to hear this. ...end up coming up with. There was a lot of shit that I was just like, no, not that. No, not that. But I think one I do remember, it was... Okay, so... <laughs> the first name is French. French, Okay. So, uh, do you know the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. As, okay, as so, most of y'all, some y'all, I don't watch a lot of. So the, so, the, so the director of that movie, his name is Michelle Gondry. And his mm-hmm. name is spelled M-I-C-H-E-L. Mm-hmm. So, we came up with Michelle Moon. Ooh. I don't know why Taylor Moon just jumped into my head, but uh, Taylor Moon. I don't Sailor, know Sailor, Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon. Sailor, you said Taylor Moon. <laughs> but it jumped into my head. <laughs> Interesting. But her name is Taylor now, so everybody who's listening, whenever you yes. see Sailor Moon, you must refer to it as Taylor. Taylor Moon. The black version. Hello. Yeah. Taylor Moon. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And then we broke up, and it was just like, yeah, no, I I can go by my gov- government name and still have a private life because I do. You're a pretty private person. My name is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when did you get into um, writing? Uh, wow, I think uh, a long, long time ago. Uh, when did I get into writing in general or when did I get into specifically writing films? Well, let's do general because I want to hear the process of how you got into films. Like, uh-huh. were you like a short story type of person? Did you think that you were going to like do books or um, well, poetry or something? I, so yeah, I did start, I started off wanting to make comics. Oh, I started off, oh wanting to write and draw comics when i when i was growing up i started drawing when i was like two because 
I was bored in church and my mom was like, here, she gave me a pencil and a piece of paper and I just started drawing from there. And from that point on for my first few years of life, I was known as the kid who drew. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that I ever read before I could read was a, was a comic book. I was in my uncle's house and he had them, he had a, a bunch of comics just lying around all his office. And I wanted to read some of this stuff. It's just like, you know, four color stuff with like goofy things happening in it. I'm like two or three years old. I'm like, what is this? Gimme. So he would actually let me take out a comic out of like the slip cover. Oh, wow. Read it. That's trust. Yeah. And toddler Jeff did not rip nothing up. I actually carefully, I couldn't read it this time, mind you, but I was looking through the, th- looking through the shit like, whoa. <laughs> so I've been, read, I've been reading comics since that age and uh, I was really into Batman and Spider-Man and a bunch of all that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to make my own comics. Uh, so I started like coming up with stories. I remember this one, art summer camp I went to when I was like seven I wrote my first comic I I I drew all the panels and all the words and stuff and I stapled it together and it was a readable comic oh wow yeah I don't were you able to draw it out too or was this mostly yeah I drew it I drew it all myself because I wanted that's what I wanted to do for the longest time I never thought that I would be able to make movies it seemed like something that I would never be able to do a little black boy from Southeast DC. What that's <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and then I don't know something. It was a, a little trickle of something when I was about 12 and for a class, we had to make a, a video or something or the idea. One of my, one of my friends, we made a video together for, for a computer class. And he would always talk about wanting to make movies. And I was just like, huh, maybe, yeah, maybe this is something I could do. Right. And and, and then a few years later, I see this movie, uh, Clerks, which came out in 94, directed by Kevin Smith. And it was just about people just hanging out enough at their job in the convenience store, slacking off, doing dumb shit. And I was like, oh my God, I can do this. <laughs> and I started writing that summer. I was like 15 when I started officially writing movies and coming up with movie ideas and started reading scripts, studying uh, studying script format. What high school were you in? Uh, that's another lengthy story. I went to the school in Southeast DC from pre-K four to 10th grade because it only went up to 10th grade. Hmm. It's in Southeast DC called DuPont Park Seventh-day Adventist School. Um, and that's where I, I was there. It was in that one of those classes where it was just like, okay, I, uh, I'm making this video. Da, da, da. And I was in seventh grade when that happened. And then like two or three years later, I'm like, ooh, I do want to make movies. So I made the transition from there where I was just like, I'm watching this, I'm watching that, I'm watching this and that and this and that to study and understand directing and how to do this thing. What even does the director do? So I think for years, because I watched 
a shit ton of movies mm-hmm. my entire life up to that point. And around that time when DVD started kicking around, I started watch, getting really getting into watching behind the scenes stuff. That was a, a thing, you know, before I wanted to make movies, I was interested yeah. in the making of movies and how it was done. Who's doing this? Why is that happening? How does this happening? Understanding the math of cinema, right? right. So like I said, 15, start writing. Start writing scripts. My scripts, my early stuff <laughs> was basically a mix of clerks and the boondocks. <laughs> so it's, it's clerks with niggas. <laughs> and, and I watched anything and everything. I would watch the most obscure thing I could find and, and see. Uh, and eventually, once I got to college, I. What college you end up going to? I went to this other uh, parochial school called Southern Adventist University. Uh, they had a film program. I had the choice between going there or going to Oakwood, which, far as I knew, didn't really have a film program in the same capacity that Southern did. Right. So I chose. Southern, which was a white school. Oakwood is a black school. Is that in DC? What? Those schools, where are those schools at? Oh, Oakwood is in Huntsville, Alabama. Southern is in Tennessee. It's in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, but it's in its own little little bubble. Mm-hmm. Bubble Town called College Dale inside <laughs> of Chattanooga. Um, so I made this other video for high school around that time when I moved to Tennessee because I finished out high school in Tennessee. Okay. I made a video for a class in there. It's not very good, of course. I made you still like, have it? No, thank God. No <laughs> idea where it is. Either, either of the couple of things that I made around that time. Uh, so then in 2011, I got the chance to direct my first short film, which is available to watch. It's, uh, called Sound Off and fucking work, excuse me. It's called Sound Off Mm -hmm. and it's about... What is it about? <laughs> it's about this guy who moves into a new apartment and his neighbor is playing like music loudly. They're playing like a bass guitar really loudly. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of the of the film, the producer of the film came up with the idea and then I wrote the script based on his idea and I directed it. I also acted in a small role in it as like the main character's like best friend. Uh, it was a pretty smooth shoot. The only problem that I ran into was in post-production, nobody wanted to edit the thing. Yeah, I hate editing. Well, I didn't really know anything about editing at that time. I hadn't done it much at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to do it myself. And that's when I learned how important editing is and how fun it can be. It is a very tedious process, mind you, but 
it is a very, I would say, rewarding process uh, because I get to touch the film in pre-production. I get mm-hmm. to touch the film in production. And then I get to put the final touch on it in post-production. And from that point on, I decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do forever. I'm going to edit my own <laughs> because nobody else can fuck this up. I mean, of course, there there are moments, like recently, I, I've been trying to work with uh, another editor on, on a film that I shot, that I partially shot in 2016. I made an attempt to shoot a feature in 2016, and a litany of issues led to the production being shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I still have the footage, and I'm trying to turn it into something. And right. I think it could be a short film, but I just have to excise a lot of a lot of shit, basically. <laughs> Not to say that the work done in it is 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 bad. It's just a lot of stuff that doesn't right. need to be there, and it just leads to nothing. It's just a lot of fat. So at this point, mm-hmm. um, for. 2016 have you chosen your genre of movies yet what what was that process like i don't necessarily there are directors who only make you know one or two kinds of movies but i have an idea for just about every genre okay just about every genre I guess mostly what I write are comedies. I don't write the kind of comedies that you mostly see and have seen in the last decade. Like comedy is mostly living on television right now. It's mostly Mm -hmm. sitcoms, you know, or comedy dramas. Most of the comedies that you see nowadays that are in theaters are very boring. They're, they're, they, it's just too much. It's just too much. Characters, they're really raunchy for no goddamn reason. Yes. They feature a whole lot of sorry, that was work. They feature a whole lot of you know, pop culture references. I, I absolutely hate pop culture references in movies. <laughs> I've grown to hate those. I've grown to hate needle drops too. And what I mean by needle drops, I mean... I yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay, a needle drop is basically, all right, we're going to play this song that everybody knows. It's a, it's mm. a pop song. Whenever, like, pre-existing music is used in a movie. Right. The last few years, people have been overdoing that. Not that, not just the last few years. It's been done a lot. There are directors who know how to use music like that. Right. Pre-existing music. But so many of these people do not under so many of these new directors do not understand how to, to do it well hmm. and, and when you say like well as in we don't know or well as in it fits the scene like like what do you mean there's a way to use any it, there's a way you can you you can put almost any kind of music in a scene but it will make it Oh, this is obvious. You're using this in a very obvious way. Like this song could, uh, so have you seen any war movie? Any war movie? 
any yeah a war film like a you know sure, yeah shoot shoot bang bang explosion mm -hmm. poor yeah. natives of whatever country getting murdered by u.s military etc things like that yeah um there's one song that you will always hear in a just one of these lower rung really bad war movies uh, do you remember it ain't me. It ain't me. Everybody knows that. I forgot you can sing and hold a note, so that was oh. um, shockingly <laughs> yeah. surprising. Oh, sorry. Who? I feel like I know what song you're talking about, but I feel like that's like an old. As like soon a, you hear it, as soon as you hear it, you know exactly. Yeah, what, but that's they put that in like older movies. They haven't used that. It's been done in older movies, but it's done in a lot of newer movies too. Mm. It's just a shortcut for, damn, ain't war hell. <laughs> uh, music, movies. Movie. So what's so at this point now? What are what is what is the genre that you're focusing on now? Like, what are the type of stuff that you've been writing as of late? Mostly, uh, like I said, comedies. I guess my focus right now is on comedy. I I've started work on this comedy earlier this year. Got stuck. Started up on another one. Decided I wasn't interested in that story anymore. And I've recently been working on a musical. Mm. That is, you know, also a, a comedy. So I guess comedy is my uh, is my genre. But I really want to make I really want to make an action movie. I really want to make I really want to make like a detective movie. Ooh. Uh, you know, I, of course I want to do some. Uh, uh, have this idea for like a, a sci-fi movie, of course. Like, but that's much further down the line. So we met uh, a couple years ago. Um, I don't know what what Just year. One year ago. I've only known each other for about a year now. I'd no, say. it's been longer than that. Has it? Yes, it's been way longer than that. I feel like I can pull up the music video that we worked on. That came out last year, sweetie. Really? Yeah. But I know it can feel like you've known me a lot. A I'm while. sure. I feel like it was a lot longer than that. But you know what? I'm here to take your word for it. But right. my my point is, um, you had shown me some of your. I, I forgot what name you put on it. Was it like abstract visuals or something like that? Like it wasn't like uh, silent was, films, but it wasn't like. I, I consider that stuff. So I do have an interest in video art or video installations where they're not necessarily narrative films mm -hmm. like with a you know a traditional story it could be just an idea it, it could be about an idea of something uh -huh. so I, I i made uh this piece of video art for uh black history month show back in 2016. it was a very quick and dirty shoot I use some classical music in the background, some like bombs or something like that. And I called it Black Laugh. And that is available. And I'll give you the the, uh, the links for everything. Yeah. And that was, what is that about? I, 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 
what I wanted to do, I wanted to shoot black people in gentrified spaces in DC, mm-hmm. laughing. And that's all I had in mind up to the shoot. I did not know what the, I knew I was gonna have like a narrator speaking. It was gonna be like some sort of speech. I didn't know what the narrator was gonna sound like, but I knew I was going to use the usual, like a robot voice or a computer voice that you can just have the, your whatever Apple computer you have like mm-hmm. record. And the final product was very unsettling to me and exciting. And when I when it when it played in front of the mostly white audience, it was a very uh, interesting experience seeing some of the looks on some of their faces. Yeah, because some- even I was just like, <laughs> yeah. some I liked it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. But you said you wanted me to see it without explaining it to me, and then. You know, which most things, you know, you either try to get a preview or you kind of read something on it. But yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. I think it was like at least five people just laughing in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you have I feel like you still have to kind of explain it to me because it was a feeling that I got. But I but I also didn't know that the areas were gentrified either because there weren't too many people in the background for me to know that they were like, you know. Yeah, the other thing, the, the, see, the, problem, the problem was I shot it in February, one of the mm-hmm. coldest months in D.C. So, of course, there's not going to be a whole lot of people. It's the middle of the day, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I shot in Chinatown. I shot in Adams Morgan. I shot in Dupont Circle. Places. So would you do it again? Would I do that again? No. Yeah. Probably. So it's like it's like with projects. Is it just one and done, or would you ever go back to make it like better, or just a, a maybe a series or something? Because you had other. Um, you had other, what do you call them? Uh, video installations. Video installations, which is pretty dope. Yep. I like that name too. You had others. I think it was one with a guy and a girl. They're like sitting on the bed. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. without something or. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily revisit those because those came at a specific point in time in my life where I had this idea and I wanted to express this idea. If I want to revisit something like that, it wouldn't look like either of those things, mm. you know? Right. Because you're constantly growing and changing as you, well, hopefully you're constantly growing and changing as you go. And I'm pretty sure I've grown and changed since those two, uh, so since those two projects. Uh, and like I said, sometimes my process is slow. Life gets in the way. Right. And that can mean a litany of things. So recently, and there's another thing that I showed you. Uh, it was a short film that I shot in 2015 that I've been sitting on for a while. It, it's been needing like sound design. It's needed uh, music. And 
Well, wait, wait. What's what's sound design and the difference between sound design and, and music for for some of us or oh, some of them who don't so, know? So you're right. So sound design, meaning things like you know a door closing and opening. Ah, uh, that's somebody, what I pictured. But like, yeah, somebody on the phone and you hear the phone conversation yeah. at the same time as the person on the phone. It's things like that. Right. Uh, that needed to be done and buttoned up. Uh, and I have to eventually reach out to the producer of that and apologize for taking so long on uh, completing this because I didn't want to hand control over to her. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, recently I did a slight re-edit of that, of that film uh, the film I showed you, Fireworks, which mm. you, which you said you didn't like. <laughs> that's Fire the one. That's the one with the guy and the girl, right? That's the other one with the guy. Oh, okay. Remember, you described the other video art piece. Oh, the other one with the guy and the girl, and they were in the kitchen or something. And they was eating breakfast yeah. or something like uh -huh. that. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah. But um, I wanted to clarify. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the concept and um how it look um you know cinematically i, I, I personally I, didn't like the chemistry between the two actors and i think wow. that'll come off better once because you were you were watching it in an uncompleted state okay so i i think it'll come off better once you see it with music the the finished music you see it with the sound design and the new cut that i did as well i think it'll come at the least it'll come off better it's not that like the chemistry between the two actors has changed it has not believe you me uh but i am in conversation with the sound designer and the composer on where to go from here and i am going to be looking into ways to i don't know release this i might just put it out just throw it on my youtube and throw it at the two actors and say, hey, look, I did it. I finally finished. <laughs> I'm sure everybody who I have ever worked with between the projects and, and this project that, that I'm just mentioning now and from 2015 and then the project in 2016, I'm sure all of those people don't want to hear shit from me right now <laughs> because it has been so long. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you right now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> that a nigga been broke. <laughs> for like i was broke for two whole years i was unemployed for like two whole years just working on different freelance stuff mm -hmm. working on different scripts trying to get those two projects off and finished as well but just do you think that's been like the hardest part of everything like do you i mean obviously funding is a problem and an issue and a necessity for all, for all things of life um i know i've been stopped um with creating I've, I've i've done three fully put together editorial shoots getting the models the makeup artists the hairstylists the wardrobe stylists paying for the locations um buying clothes all the other stuff to get published and then not even having the money to publish anything, like to send it off to get published. So I just wasted all that money. 
putting the creativity together, but we can't even afford to get it edited. We can't even afford to send it out. Um, they don't want the raws. They need to see some type of a finished product um, to the point where um, I've even lost the SD card and had to go and do the whole shoot again. And um, I can show you those pictures where you can tell that one was on one day and one was on another day because eventually right. I found the car, but the makeup's totally different. Like we didn't just change this in one day. You and then You can't replicate what you don't know, right? Especially right, if you lost the thing and then it comes back. It's like, oh, what about this contour on the face like that? And it's just, oh, we- uh, We've already, you know, so I definitely understand the funding. I think that has stopped me um, in my growth as um, a creator, do you think that's something that, you know, stopped you in your process? Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I tried to submit the the short film that I showed you that, that you didn't like. I tried to submit that. Stop saying it like <laughs> Well, I'm just, I'm stating facts here, baby. That's all. Uh, okay. I, I submitted it to a, a festival but it was not accepted because I was running into, and then, and then there's technical issues. I am so ready to move away from Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro, for those who do not know. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been cutting in for the last 10 years or so, mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, it has mostly been a thorn in my side. <laughs> I've started recent, I recently, this earlier this year, I started learning uh, DaVinci Resolve and that's been pretty good. I still, I haven't cut in it since February, but for work, I mostly use Premiere because that's what has been provided to me. So, you know, I get to have a fist fight with Premiere every day. <laughs> but what happened, I exported the thing thinking, okay, it sounds good, it looks good, I'm happy. I submit the motherfucker. I get a message back from the reviewers saying, oh, this is very experimental. Uh, is there not supposed to be any dialogue after the first 30 seconds? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, no, please let me resubmit. So I resubmit the correct version. I, this is one thing that I, I fucked myself because I didn't watch through the thing that I submitted to see that there was an issue with the mm. audio cutting out out of nowhere. So that was on me. The second time I submitted, it was perfect. I looked through it, I listened to, I watched it twice, just to be sure. No, I think I watched it four times. I uploaded it to them. And then I get the feedback from the judges. They didn't watch the resubmission. They watched the first submission with the technical problems. Why would they even let you resubmit if they're not gonna watch the- That's what I'm saying. And you, the, the, the festival that did this, by the way, was DC Shorts. That's right, I'm putting them on blast. DC Shorts International or International DC International Shorts. I don't remember what the name of the thing is called. Jesus. Your own hometown. DC Shorts 
rejected a DC filmmaker. I'm not really mad about it though. But I did that. I think I submitted it in 2016, something like that. I I don't remember when I submitted it anymore. So where do most of your inspiration like come from? Wow. A lot of different places. I, I can't really pinpoint this movie or that movie. I mean, I did say earlier that Clerks was the movie that made me want to make movies. Mm-hmm. But as I've grown older, I don't really watch Clerks <laughs> or even think about it until I think, oh yeah, that's the movie that uh, inspired me to make movies. But uh, I don't really need to watch that movie ever again. Mm-hmm. Because now I watch it now and think, yeah, I still feel like if this shit can get made, yeah, I have no excuse. <laughs> but I kind of still do have an excuse because it is a very difficult thing to make a movie. No movie, no movie wants to get made. You have to will it into existence. Okay. And so what that means is you have to make sure that this part of the house is built and that this part of the house has a couch and this part of the house has, you know, a shower and this part of the house has a sink. Mm -hmm. And then this, the house needs a door. (laughs) It's a very, this is a very terrible metaphor that I've just been. But it's a tedious process. You know what I'm saying? Basically what you're saying, basically what I gather. It's an incredibly tedious process, but film is a, a collaborative art. I, I, you know, it's a combination of all of the arts, photography, music, design, costume, fashion. It's all of those things, performance, mm. all of those things meshed together to create a beautiful experience. I love cinema. I will always love it. It'll love it to the day I die. I, I'm also I'm also a musician. I wanted to do both at one point. And in recent times, like the last year and a half or so, I've realized that trying to pursue both has been detrimental to both. <laughs> so my focus is film. I still make a little bit of music here and there. I do it mostly on the side, and I haven't released anything in, I don't know, like three or so four So as far years. as music, um, what do you... What do you do? Sing, rap, produce? I sing. I can produce. I'm not really much of a producer. I, you know, write my own music and songs and things of that nature. Yeah. I've even composed music for other people's films, mostly short films. Mm -hmm. Uh. And I'm actually going to be possibly composing music for somebody else soon. Another, a very close friend of mine who shot a short film a few years back and we were looking at it recently. And I was like, hey, I got something in, in my brain for this. Let me let me tool around with it. I still have to do it. But you're also a creative director. You've done music videos. And- yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny. The person I actually started off making music videos for 
it was aerospace we made right. our, the first first i made his first music video in 2011 for a song called demons i forget the album that that was that came from but i made that for him i made the is that like before you keep going mm-hmm. is creative director um is that like different than like a film director well a creative i don't refer to myself as a creative director i'm just a director okay and you can be a film director commercial director music video director director can do all of those things it's just a a director is just the person who says no i don't want that yes do that okay uh what you just did in this scene i don't want you to do that but i would like for you to say it this way okay (laughs) all right action that's like a director is a communicator Mm. he's he or she is you know expressing themselves through an idea and they're working with a litany of other artists to figure out how to make this thing work whether it is a music video whether it is a commercial whether it is a short or a feature film do you like doing music videos i like doing music videos because it's a fun space for me to just experiment just try different things that's that's what i used it for for years was just okay how can i make this interesting with nothing i have no money i have no equipment i don't have any lights but there's this cool location and i do have a tripod and i have this artist what can i do with what's available to me and that experience those experiences of just shooting with nothing forced me to think on my feet well know how to think on my feet right and how to create something interesting with very little and there's other music videos that I've done for other people that aren't as widely seen, but I think they're interesting. I think they're something, and there's something to pull from these things because I don't, I'm not really a fan of uh, how so many, it's great that cameras are so readily available to everybody like anybody everybody can just shoot anything but you know the double-edged sword is anybody and everybody can shoot anything and so often people who make stuff just ah it looks good let's do that and shoot it and just that that's that i'm i can't i can't work like that i i want something more even if even if it's very simple i would like even if i'm just focusing on even if i'm just focusing on this performance in this music video then i want to find a way to shoot it in a way that not necessarily hasn't been done before but you know it'll just bring something more to the table than just here's a rapper and he's rapping in front of a crowd of people <laughs> and he's posing and he's happy or, or he's hard or just say, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like whenever I do something, especially with aerospace, I always try to bring something new to the table. I try to do something with him that 
we have not tried before. Something that we haven't tried before. What is that noise? That's my outlook. I'm and I'm starting over. That way, the editor has an easier time to like cut out all that fucking noise. Okay. And sorry about that. But they just love sending me emails after work, and it really frustrates me. But anywho, what was I saying? All right, with God damn it. Is there a mute for that? I'm looking for it right now. Oh, okay. We can take a break. <laughs> okay. Hopefully that will do it. Okay. I'm so sorry to your editor. I am so sorry to your editor. <laughs> now, continue. Aerospace. Stuff I've done for him. I always try to do something different every time I work with him. I try to shoot it differently. I try to say, okay, what if the whole video is just panning around and then you just show up for a hot second in the shot and that's it. And then we cut to another shot where that happens again where I pan around and you show up in the frame for like two seconds and that's it. Right. And constantly do that for the whole video. And he's like, I don't know about that. And then I shoot it and he's like, I still don't know about it. <laughs> something else. Can you just do this? And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I've done like four or five videos for him over the years. Mm -hmm. Those are all mostly though. And you were on the shoot for one of them songs. One of them songs. Yeah. Uh, What next? I don't know. I just know we were at a park and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I feel like we had I had a smoke bomb. Uh, yeah. The smoke <laughs> I had bomb. to drive all the way home to go get the smoke bombs to come back because. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I didn't originally have them. He wanted to use like a fogger or something, but the what battery on uh, battery that? something died. And so I was like, well, I have smoke bombs in the house. I can go get them. And I live like 20 minutes down the street. So oh. I went and got him and I came back. It's not too bad, I guess. I yeah, was originally I wasn't I was not directing that day. I was planning on not being there for the entire day. I walked there, I was like, all right, I'm gonna be here for like, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour, and I'm gonna dip. Cause I don't feel like being around people right now. I just wanted to support him for a hot second and say, what's up, what's up, man? But My you walked on like you were in charge. So I don't understand that mentality of only staying for an hour. Cause I saw, I saw yeah. what was <laughs> what was going to happen. And I was like, these folks are gonna be out here all day long. So let me go ahead and take this joint on over and see if I can, if I can squeeze some lemonade out of this joint. So has COVID affected your work at all? It's probably giving you like more time to like, I guess, isolate, be creative, write. Yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of this time writing and studying and things of that nature. And I'm still in contact with my, one of my main collaborators, uh, my cinematographer, his name is Shrikan Nandigama. I met him through a friend I was acting on a short film for uh, one of my best friends and 
Shree was on set and I really loved his work ethic. And I was like, I wonder, I think we work well together and we did work well together and we've been working for together for five years. So every time I'm ready to shoot something, I hit up Shree and it's like, all right, dude, let's get together. It's time to go to work. And uh, it's a, a wonderful, uh, we have a wonderful working relationship and of course a, a friendship as well because we both love film and the kind of films that we love are very similar. Mm. Uh, the kind of films that we want to make are, you know, we're, we're of accord. He really, he, he generally loves the stuff that I write and is always excited to get into, get into work on them. Oh, that's super dope. Yeah. Uh, but, and he usually gives me very excellent feedback on what, works and what doesn't and when we do get together to discuss working on a film and uh what we want to do visually we are usually <laughs> of one accord we usually come to the exact same conclusion for uh for a film so you, our, hmm, go ahead. what do you think the hardest part about living in this area and being a director is DC doesn't really understand film. And what I mean by that is, I'm basing this on my experience from 2016 when we were trying to shoot stuff. They don't, it's unfamiliar to DC. Mm. I don't really know how to articulate this. I know we're not a cinematography town. We don't have an actual cinematography union. That's Baltimore that has the um, film union. Yeah, the film union. Um, we DC, do- DC is a documentary town mostly. Right, it's a documentary town. That's what DC is used to. Nar- narratives are. Whenever a, a big film comes around here, it's usually associated with some political thriller or something of that nature. But DC is more than just the government. (laughs) DC is music. DC has much more culture than what we see represented in like, you know, any sort of Hollywood or whatever. DC has like sports, like basketball. A lot of, you know, a lot of basketball players that everybody loves comes from here, comes from this area. I don't remember any names, of course. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know. Sure. Uh, That's not my realm. Sports is not my. It's not necessarily mine either. But. It's not my realm. Um, I think one thing that's uh, interesting about DC, um, in the aspect of you know movies and things of that nature, is. It's hard. I mean, have you needed a drone at all? Like, it's hard to get those day permits to get certain <laughs> shots to get cer- certain. They do trails. not like. They do not like anything being up in the sky. They have very oh. strict. They have very strict rules about that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think with just like the restrictions that artists face sometimes, 
um and it's not that many creative spaces like we have a few studios and stuff in this area for people mm-hmm. to shoot film we don't have a lot of like warehouses for people to go in and like it is a city area so like renting that airbnb just to shoot a few scenes it's like oh my gosh i'm paying more for the spot than i am to pay the people to be here like yeah. so i think it that I've, that's definitely something i've run into and we have used an airbnb before to use a location and yeah. just dumb expensive yeah it makes no sense and i guess that's what it is about dc it's it's hard to do film here because so many of the things that you would need they're very hostile towards you shooting even getting a permit is difficult right i am and i haven't really uh tried so usually i will go for something uh, very gorilla in in my way of filming things you know something that's not necessarily obstructive but something that's not necessarily legal either not that i break the law all the time mind you (laughs) hey i've definitely snuck on some locations just to get a shot just uh just to see if like there's an area by my house um and i'm just waiting for the perfect time to kind of like sneak on location to see who owns it like i feel like the day i go on there someone's going to come to me that i can finally ask them who owns this and if i can rent it out but like the way that gate is, I don't even know how to sneak on and I can't see the other side of the yard, mm-hmm. large piece of land to be like, all right, there's a house there I can go ask. Like, who does this belong to? You find a lot of that. Well, that's mostly in Maryland. DC doesn't have a lot of grass, but just trying to figure out who owns what, how can you rent it? Who do you talk to? What What are the going prices? They're not, it's like, if you're not already established, they don't want to work with you yeah yeah you have to it's like you have to and this is a thing especially that i've noticed with musicians and when i was a more serious musician we felt like we have to get on somewhere else for dc to accept you mm. yeah. and that, that's a really it hurts <laughs> that hurts to have your hometown be like man nigga, you ain't shit what right until somebody else says, oh, yeah, that's my nigga. He's from really, I know him, yeah. Oh, I seen him before. I went to one of his shows, you know. Yeah, that that's my nigga, though. I don't understand why that's, um, that, why DC is so hesitant to really come together as a creative area. Baltimore is doing it. I mean, Baltimore don't have a lot of artists out there mm-hmm. as far as, like, musicians and stuff like that. I mean, they, they do, but, like, even in their even in their creative district where it's just like there's photographers out there, there's models out there, there's um hairstylists, there's a lot of painters and stuff that's out there, so many people that are working. And it's like all you do is come forty minutes down the road into DC and it's like you can't find nobody to help you. And if you see somebody, they want bread off bucks. And it's like, okay, your stuff is good. It's not that good. Like, let's work together. Like, let's bring this price down a little bit. There is a lot of ego involved. And I admit to having a little bit of ego myself. But this is, uh, like I said earlier, film is a collaborative art. So I, I, I am going to be looking to working with people like, the last year or so, I've been trying to 
find some production designers or set designers? Well, I can do set design. We can talk about that later. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, that saves me a whole uh, search. Thank you. You're welcome. But, you know, I want to I come back to what you were saying about the limitations that artists in D.C. have. I actually think that that's a blessing because it'll force us to find a way around mm. that friction to create something interesting, to create something great. Right. Because that's something that a lot of uh, old Hollywood artists did uh, back in like the 30s and the 40s because of a thing called the Hayes Code. It was a very restrictive uh, set of rules. Like you couldn't use this foul language. You couldn't refer to sex. You couldn't do this, that, and the third. But filmmakers found a way to refer to those things in a very clever way. Right. It was obvious. Windows. Yeah, there was a lot of that kind of ingenuity that was happening. So to those restrictions, I say we just need to bring some ingenuity to to the table. I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I get that. I, I, I totally understand in the sense finessing the situation and yeah. making it work. But I also think we can use a little bit more wiggle room. Like you can't tell that we're turning into another art district where we need certain spaces to be creative, to, where we need certain areas where we where we can film at and not get kicked off because people yeah. think we're jaywalking or something like that. Like, or to make it easier to get like you know permits like yo let me get like four hours at this location you know what i'm saying or well, let me I, if i could interrupt you right quick i'm sorry there are some places that are open to you filming in their space like like you know locally owned spaces i think yeah. what it is is building relationships with people right and for example on the 2016 project I was able to film in one of my favorite places in the city, Calabash. They allowed me to film. I have a relationship with the owner, uh, Dr. Sunyata Amen. Shout outs to shout outs to her. She let me just film in her place. She gave me carte blanche. Mm. The only issue I ran into was their AC kept running. So that was a fun thing. I started <laughs> to figure out how I'm going to use that scene. But it's probably not that bad. I think we were in between. It's neither here nor there. Right. It's about develop. You got to develop relationships with the people in this in your city. Yeah, but then uh, the then we come back to the problem of uh, gentrification, where there are people who are you know not from the city who are hostile to people like that. Where it's just like, oh, I don't want this shitty little kid coming in here and breaking my stuff because uh, I don't know them. It's it's a it's a tough. Um environment the sad thing is dc is not even one of them places where like well if you can make it here you can make it anywhere because we don't even get that much credit on the map to even have that type of sentiment so it's like yeah. you'll you'll have to still leave regardless at some point in your career you're gonna have to leave dc well one of my goals is to turn dc into a film town and what I mean by that is 
Exciting. With my productions, I'm going to need crew. Mm-hmm. And once I get, you know, funding from some angel investor who may see something of mine and say, hey, I got, what do you, what do you, what else you got? And then I'll be like, well, I got this script, I got this script, I got this script, and I'm ready to go. I just need the money so I can hire a crew. Right. This is what I've been thinking about. You hire people, local people, then you create an ecosystem and, and you can start, it'll start a, a, an avalanche of other people like, oh, I want to shoot here too because I've seen the way these guys work. They do great work here and there's some great locations here. This is a beautiful city. We have a lot of different looks and and uh, areas in this area. In this, in this area. I don't know how to talk. <laughs> I get what but, you mean. It's yeah. a beautiful area, you know. PG Merlin is a is a beautiful area too. You know, I don't yeah. spend too much time in other parts of Merlin. Sometimes I hit up like Silver Spring or occasionally. Occasionally, like I kind of got everything I need right here. I don't need to really yeah. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> anywhere else mm-hmm. for the most part. But I would love to see the DMV, I don't really need Virginia to give me much, but I would love to see DC and, and, and Merlin just embrace um, film. We don't get a lot of movies and stuff shot here, commercials and stuff shot here. I would love for them to be able, because that's that's work, you know what I'm saying? I love set design. I love lighting yeah. for um, TV and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. like lighting is one of my deepest passions. Um, so to be able to to do that and like to be like okay well I just shot this series and I did all the lighting for it or I designed all the the lighting the lighting and set design for it and stuff like that like that stuff is cool but we don't have that many opportunities here so it'll be dope if um, someone was to start a or house a, a production company like that to even just give smaller local writers and directors uh, a chance to get their stuff done. You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, my, me and my best friend, Jimmy Oluwafieku, he's also a film director and musician. We have been working on building just that. Dope. This is a very slow process, uh, but like I was saying before, where we want to make this a film town this is what we're working on is part of that okay that'll be super dope i'm excited to um hear what you got going with that yep trying to think is it the 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 saying if you build it they will come is true so we just gotta build it it's going rome wasn't built in a day but these folks they see it I'm working on some really cool projects and working on getting my own space and making sure that we have not only just like events, but a bunch of things to give to the community inside of this space, you know, to at least another safe haven for us to be creative. Like we can film in it, we can do pop-up shops, we can do um, photography, we can do um, galleries and stuff like that. Like 
So, but you have to create the space for people to want, like you said, for for people to come. And so I do think that the future of the DMV art district is what I want to call it, is bright. I do think there's a lot of people that are officially stepping up and taking it seriously, moving in different groups and in um, different avenues just to make sure that we have certain things and certain rights and certain insurances and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm excited for the future. I just, I'm just not one to like, I don't want to wait too long. I don't want to be in my forties and then we finally get it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, 32 maybe because I'm 28 now. So. Maybe three or four years, we got some some stuff popping off. I'm a few weeks from 30. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, when's your birthday? January 2nd. Okay. I'm January 12th. But <laughs> it's all good in the hood. Yeah. I'm a little better. Just a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I like getting older. I'm, uh, I relish it. It's fun. I wouldn't say that I'm relishing it. I would love to do 28 over because i spent most of it in the house well that's not that through no fault of your own mind through no fault of my own but i don't think i lived my full potential of 28 um so i might be turning nobody did again next year i i think one thing we all have to do is cut ourselves some slack it's a pandemic we don't need to be going nowhere we don't need to be doing nothing. You need to be staying up in the house and staying safe. Watch movies at home. We don't need to be up in the theater trying to get getting sick, possibly. Go home. Stay home. Watch movies. But when at you home. watch movies now, do you like can you watch them as a viewer or are you in like the director's chair watching oh, it? Oh man, I can watch a movie and enjoy it just the same. I, I you know, I can split my brain. I don't need them. Everybody has this idea that, oh, you're a film di- oh, you're a director, so you can't watch movies. And watching movies isn't fun with you at all, is it? No. I watch No, it's not. Huh? You saying no it's not fun with you at all? I'm saying I reject that sentiment. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. It's like I I can have fun watching a movie. I can just watch a movie as a fan of movies because I have so many of them. I have a, a, this tower of movies. I'm going to show you, even though our listening audience won't be able to see, but you will. See that? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's not even half of the ones that I've seen when I was at your house that day. Uh, no, this is everything. Really? Maybe it's a little messy. That was different. It, because it was in a compressed space, it looked like it was more. But okay. this is this is everything that I, everything I have. But I can do both of those things. I can watch a movie in pick it apart and I can watch it and just enjoy it. And then I'll pick it apart afterwards if I need to. But, you know, I I don't like watching something and just not engaging with it. Right. The whole turn off your brain notion is really stupid to me. (laughs) It's like, you can't do that. You can't just turn off your brain. What are you, what are you consuming? What are you taking in? Because everything has something going on in it. I don't care how dumb it is. I was just watching the Bill and Ted trilogy this past weekend. I watched all three of them jokers. I don't know what that is. Anyway. (laughs) 
those are they're very silly movies from the late 80s and 90s and they recently made one and it came out this year uh and it was the, the whole trilogy is so heartfelt and there's also some deeper stuff going on underneath that i can get into not now <laughs> but you, you can find it anywhere right and then there's other things there are movies where there's absolutely nothing going on whatsoever <laughs> shout outs to the marvel movies seriously you don't like yeah. the marvel movies uh, i used to i've seen i saw all of them up to uh uh, uh end game and was like yeah i'm done with this yeah i don't feel like i need to watch any of them again um well, see, i feel like i got what i needed out of it and i really wanted uh thanos to win it all i'm always here for the villain i'm tired of like There's something wrong with you deeply why continue i'm just tired of like the expected ending we know that they gonna win so when they when when they don't that's a good movie for me like when the killer get away or um like even an italian job when they got away with with all that stolen stuff you know what i'm saying like in oceans when it's like when the i don't know like when the superhero actually wins it just pisses me off like i didn't pay for this I didn't sneak into this movie for this. You did, but you did. No, I wanted. Did I wanted a hard fight? Not every, not everybody is you. Everybody is wanting. I want this to be really edgy now. I want everybody to just get killed because it would be different. Right, that'd be a good movie. The the just because it's different. That's I don't know. Not not necessarily because it's different, but because it's not expected. Is not expected for the villain to win because even when Thanos won, I can't remember the second to last movie. I was like, "Yes, yes, snap that finger, they gone." You know what I'm saying? That was you said. I was that jump feeling like, "Yeah." So when he when he died in the second, I was like, "Yo, come on now, no." I don't care. Superheroes ain't always supposed to win because that's life. There's no real heroes, but there's um, always but, a villain. But, so, see, this is the problem. You're applying a real life thing to fantasy shit for kids. That for shit. Children. Is Those movies is not for children. Well, that's doesn't matter. These are <laughs> characters that were meant for children. Superheroes are for children. Yes, yeah. you can enjoy it as an adult. Yes, you can enjoy it as an old person. But at the end of the day, we all have to remember that these were simple moral stories for kids to understand hey this is good and this is evil yes and so if, if, if i'm if i'm trying to teach a child that there's good and that there's evil i'm not going to sit here and make them seem make it seem like good always wins because sometimes you are going to get defeated and you got to just move on well that does happen in superhero stories those yeah but all the way to the end Thanos should have won all the way to the end okay well, I don't want to the end I don't want to talk about the MCU anymore because there's nothing really to talk about. are you excited for the new Batman that's coming up absolutely yes <laughs> are you really yes <laughs> yes I am because the director of that is very good he made 
the those last two Planet of the Apes movies that came mm-hmm. out this past decade, and they're both amazing. I think about watching those. I think about those movies pretty often. And what else did he make? He made Let Me In, which is a remake of a Swedish film. Is it Swedish? You're asking the wrong person. I know. I'm thinking to myself. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, uh, I don't know about maybe. that. <laughs> Let yeah. me Google it bring right it now. The, bring it back to the real world. I'm about to hear my nails typing like, is it? Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's, that's all. Yeah, I'm excited about that movie because it looks, it looks good and that director has yet to make a bad movie to me. Oh, that's good. I have one last question for you and then we can go ahead and wrap this up because this has been beautiful. Someone that um, is an inspiring film director and writer, what advice would you give them in this day and age, COVID and forward? Okay. You have the time now. Watch older films. Stop trying to say like, oh, it's just boring old people doing old people things and it's black and white. Uh, Watch that stuff. There's a lot of great things happening in those films. Technically, story-wise, and emotionally, just all those things. You, you learn more from, well, you learn more from studying like bad movies too, but you need to watch the old classic stuff. You need to watch stuff from the 30s. You need to watch stuff from the 40s. You need to watch silent films. Mm. If, if you can't tell a story without any dialogue, you're not, you're not worth your salt as a storyteller. Mm. So study that, read, read a lot, not fiction and nonfiction, but you know, good nonfiction. And I don't know how to tell you to find good nonfiction. I'm sorry, kids. <laughs> But just read more, read history, learn history, learn about your history. Uh, Another fun fact about me, I share a birthday with the very first Black American film director. His name was Oscar Michaud. He was born on... That Michelle name, was it Michelle before? Oscar Michaud, M-I. Oh. I'll, I'll send it to you. But Oscar Michaud, M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. He was born on January 2nd, 1884. Most of his films, actually all of his films were silent. Yeah, I share a birthday with him. I don't know who I share a birthday with, but I'm sure they're amazing. I'm sure they are. (laughs) So... Thank you for taking this time out to talk to me, to talk to us, to give us your story and your insights. Um, this was actually really fun. I think I've learned a lot more than I thought I was going to learn. Um, good. I often feel like I don't really, I, I, I have that effect on people, but I'm glad that it, you got that out of me. Great. <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate you. Um, can you let us know where people can find you and your work? We'll also, you know, put the links and everything later. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, 
I have recently changed everything, especially just mostly my Instagram and my YouTube to kill Jeff. That's K I L L G E O F F. That was why is that uh, your Instagram name? Why? Why? Uh, well, it was still Jeff for a while, and that was a response to my ex who came up with the idea for me to have a. What's have an alias yeah have an alias i was like still jeff and it was like kill jeff <laughs> it was just like that's what i think hmm, my enemies including this ex would, would be thinking because <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still jeff <laughs> now i want to kill jeff i don't know i i thought it was funny no that yeah. is that is hilarious but i definitely hate that name um so thank you again uh thank you everyone for tuning in um and stay tuned for more updates more episodes make sure you follow the podcast hey autumn uh what am i saying i don't know i don't know make sure we ah, cut yeah you got it (laughs) i don't even have an instagram page for this we're just trapping off my other business pages at this point but guys make sure you follow the instagram autumns underscore ep for more updates and thank you again i don't have a clap track but i'll clap for myself i'll clap for you all right